staff. Attention, all staff. Evacuate the complex immediately. This is an emergency. Evacuate the complex immediately. This is not an exercise. This is an emergency. Evacuate the complex Immediately! Today's episode. Slayton! <laughs> but you, basically, your only job when things are going to shit is to calm people down and take control. And instead, he is freaking out more than anyone just and just shouts. shouting at people. <laughs> Mary Ann Driscoll came over from Ireland in the potato was she a folk, film. Was she a folk singer? No. no. <laughs> she wasn't. She was too angry to sing. I thought it was she was singing away the pain. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah, they're, they're divorced. But I just wonder whether Tom Baker was part of the problem. Part of the problem. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to World Enough and Time. I'm Andy. I'm Alex, and I'm right the hell next to you. Can you believe it? I can. And if you weren't certain that she's next to you, the sound of the notebook flipping past the microphone. (laughs) Sweet speak. Hi. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex has spent the last three minutes just advising me that as we're recording outside, there may be some external noise, which is quite reasonable, but... She didn't didn't think they would all be me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've been here for two days, maybe two. Yes, I think that's right. It's been lovely. Feels a lot longer. Wow. (laughs) It's been lovely to be here with no agenda, I was about to say, and to be looked after, but. Okay. I don't know how I feel like that now, I'm saying. But with lots of courgette. No agenda, but plenty of courgette. And, yeah, courgette fritters and lots of tofu. Yeah. Tofu again tonight, you lucky puppy. I know. So good. So yes, we're here in Auckland, where Alex lives. Haven't seen us since before the pandemic. So get on board for this joyful reunion episode of World's Enough and Time. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, what have you been watching on TV? I said that wrong. Come on. That was terrible. What have you been watching on TV? <laughs> nice. Well, I like a duet version of that. That's a new one. That is good. Well, listener. Well, the listener next to me and the listeners all around me. What have I been watching on TV? This is not me preambling because I have. Shall I go first? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have something. No, I don't. Carry on. I watched Unorthodox. Oh, you did. I did. Four episodes. I would like to say it's an easy watch, but it's not because it's quite upsetting about how religious fanatical people are. Do you want to know what happens in it? Could you tell me? I could. Um, It's about an Orthodox 
Hasidic Jew. Nice. Now, Hasidic Jew is kind of the really extreme Jews who really go with the Torah and curly sideburns. Curly, curly sideburns. Got it. Hats. What's not known so much about them is the women in Hasidic Judaism, because I think it's all about the men. You don't see them. They're you hidden. You don't see them. They, you don't. And they deal diamonds, the men. All of them. Constantly. That's it's, all they do. Yeah, I got From it. From pawnbroker to pawnbroker with diamonds. Yes. <laughs> Saw it. Knew it. Um, and it's about a Jewish woman. I forget her name. Jennifer? Shoshana. Or, or Ruth. It's about their journey out of Orthodox Judaism into the light, essentially, because the Jewish, Hasidic Jewish faith is all about the men and the women are just subservient to men. And after they're married, they have to shave their heads so they're not attractive to other men and they have to wear horrible wigs and horrible polyester clothes. Like, and the part of the religion is you must wear polyester. Well, just horrendous old-fashioned clothes. Wow. It's just... It's because they can't be attractive to women in any way. Men. Men. And all of the idea of even that would be even more. Yeah. But um, they are not allowed to, um, yeah, express themselves in any way, music or anything. And her passion is music. Nice. And that's what she discovers during the programme. Lovely. Yes. Nice. I'll watch it. So what have you been watching what on TV, What have I been watching Heart? on TV? What have I? I'm watching She-Hulk. Tell us about She-Hulk. Um, it's Tatiana Maslany being not as good as she was in Orphan Black. She's kind of fine, but every performance she gives, you're like, I've seen you better than this, funnier, more interesting. And you're a great actress, but this isn't good enough for you. You are better than Marvel, don't do this. So yeah, um, I feel like one of our listeners is a staunch Tatiana Maslany fan and is angry at what I'm saying. But I think everyone else is getting it because I love her. She's the greatest. But sorry, She-Hulk is just, it's not what anyone would want for her. We all want more for her. Yeah. That's quite a damning indictment. Yeah, I know. I feel for her. But, But she's great. Good. Now, as our regular listeners know, yeah, yeah. I don't have the time space visualizer no. with me because I'm in New Zealand. No. And it was Very broken anyway. I tricky couldn't. for mobile usage. It's yeah. just not a thing. So instead, we thought we'd do a musical number. Well, why wouldn't we? Exactly. Oz. So we were hunched in front of the microphone and yeah. you were reminded of a certain singing group. I felt like we were in the 50s. Yeah. Our microphone was pointing towards us in a you really need to sing together duet trio style. Whilst wearing pink suits. Yeah, big perms. Big perms. That's what we had. Yeah. That's why your hair is looking pretty swish right now. I can't help it. I know. Um, so yeah, enjoy listener. Yes, we'd like to unveil Andy and Alex singing The Sandman. Bum 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 Mr. Salmon, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Salmon, I'm so alone. 
Don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Good. So, you never know, this musical interlude might become more of a hit. I know. <laughs> I just know. That's not the case. Just call me prophetic. Call me a fortune teller. I just know. Good. Yeah. Now, at this point in proceedings, we really Hang on. Hang on. I've well, got you, a quiz. You can get the quiz. I'll talk to the listeners. So, I'm in New Zealand. If you didn't catch it on Twitter, we spent the first day making a Doctor Who Guess Who do you get it? Guess who set, which I'm I'm happy to say went viral. Well, <laughs> over twenty people liked it. That's, That's viral. <laughs> so if you haven't spotted yet, our doctor guess who tweets. You need to then go look at them. You're a fool. Yes. If you if you want to while away your hours trying to guess between the Watcher, Perry, and Anat, it's the game for you. Fully. Yeah. It's a game for everyone. To be honest, you don't even need to have seen Doctor Who before. Because yeah, we played it with one of your daughters and her boyfriend. And they didn't really know much about Doctor Who, but they still enjoyed guessing. It, it was they? amazing. Yes. There's a lot you can tell from Anat's fierce-looking face. You don't need to know yeah. her to know her. Yeah. To truly know her. Exactly. Like, can you just stay the hell away? I've got a quiz for you. Okay. I'll move away while you ask me No, questions. don't, because the microphone's here, you fool. Okay. Okay. This is a, a quiz about the master in the 1980s. Oh, it sounds very time-locked. <laughs> to the it's time-locked to the 1980s. Gosh. What creature's form does the master's TARDIS take on in Traken? The Melka, a fly caught in honey, no less. <gasps> Correct. In Kastrovalva, otherwise <laughs> known as Kastrovalva, which member of the TARDIS crew does the master kidnap? That would be Adric. Correct. Who does the master use to impersonate King John? Chameleon. Yes. You're so clever. I know. What form does the master's TARDIS take in 13th century Ingerland? Oh, is that the Iron Maiden? Correct. Yes. Who is the first Doctor the Master encounters in the Death Zone? Sorry, I don't understand the question. Who is the first Doctor? Not is who is the first Doctor? Oh, who is the first Doctor? I was like, well, that's William Hartnell or Richard Who is the first Doctor the Master encounters in the Death Zone? Wrong in my head, wrong in my head. I have a feeling that it's the fifth Doctor. That was my feeling. Is it the first Doctor? No. The third? Yes. Oh, Jumping Jehoshaphat. Jumping Jehoshaphat. He comes in in Bessie mm -hmm. and he sees... Yes. Fool. I got it wrong. I knew it. A trap. These thunderbolts are everywhere. No, we can't leave him. You just watch me. I'm disappointed in myself. What form does the Master's TARDIS take in Kastrovalva? Um, oh, it's the Portreeves painting, or whatever it is, a sort of tapestry, mural, any of those words. Mm, it's not what I'm looking for. 
Oh. Don't know. A fireplace. Oh, it's a fireplace, it's the fireplace. With, with... It's a fireplace. Fireplace. Oh, no, that's just a thing that you can use, isn't it, yeah, to see like into the past thing. and stuff. Yeah, yes. Okay, I missed one. What disguise does the master adopt in Kostrovulva? He's the portrait. In a big white cake hat with, with lots really of layers cool of cakes. Yeah, like it's high. It's high. It's high. Suitably it high. Volume. With a costume created by Odile Dix Moreau. Yes! Fully. Absolutely with ballet shoes. Mm -hmm. Ballet shoes for all the men, ballet shoes for all the men. Always. Keep them in ballet shoes. Absolutely. And make them fight on the stairs. Fight on the stairs with your ballet shoes. On prehistoric Earth, what does the master melt down to use as a store of protoplasm? No idea. <laughs> Not the answer I was expecting. A plasmaton? The Concord passengers. Really? It's kind of gross. We must have missed that plot line entirely. Well, time flight's quite confusing. Very. At the best of times. It's quite snotty too. Yeah. What do the Time Lord Inner Council offer the master in return for his rescuing the Doctor? Another complete set of regenerations. And? And a pardon. Yes! A full and free pardon and a complete new life cycle. Did well, did You did really well. What monsters does the Master temporarily ally himself with in the Death Zone? The Cybermen. Correct! You know all about the Master in the 80s. Winner! Apart from the meeting... the. The doctor first. Apart from that, you know everything. All the things. Points galore. Nineteen of them. Good. Well done. Thank you, please. We're going to crash straight on. What? To our story du jour. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, we're not. Are we? No, we, ha we can't. What do we have to do first? I haven't talked about the mess I left behind at home. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for you. The massage parlour situation. <laughs> All gone tits up. We knew it was coming. Because all the dogs, we queues of dogs trying to get a, a shih tzu massage. It, it just was just never, up. ever going to work. Lou threw her hands up in despair. Yeah. It's like, I'm giving it all up. I'm going back to Tunbridge Wells. Oh, shit. She's gone. What? She's left. But, but, two days. I, I was going to count the days. Two days, she's back again already. Wow. With a new plan. Okay. A new mission in life. Do you know what that mission was? No. Andy, from now on, I'm just going to be. <laughs> I've paradise, but I've never been to me. I'm just going to be. Has she met with mum recently? <laughs> <laughs> I think she might have done. My plan for now on is just to belong just to myself. Yeah. Just to be. Really progressive. Mm. I like that. I like someone who just knows how to be comfortable with themselves. And as you listen to this next yeah. sponsored message, <laughs> just think about how much she is just being. Yeah. I really feel like at some point we need to think about how disparaging <laughs> we've been about her when she was so kind to give us this message. <laughs> I think she would Please understand. never listen to this, Lou. Never, ever. Don't anyone ever tell Louise Jameson about what we've been saying about her. Because it would be like that scene in French and Saunders when they're taking the piss out of Jane Asher and Jane Asher, <laughs> she, she walks, walks in, in and yeah. starts berating her. I would say, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Imagine if that happened, though. Imagine if Lou just walked in and was like, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, it would I'm be really, worth it. I'm really sorry, Miss Jameson. <laughs> 
It's almost worth it. <laughs> I'm picturing it now. If she could come here for the anger, that would be all fine. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, mum's the word. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Guys. Anyway. Yeah? Did we have the word from the sponsor or not? I don't think we did. Here she is. Bless her. Love her. It's Queen Lou. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. That was it. Good. It's good. I liked it. It's been quite a full day in ye olde Auckland. Has it? Yes. What have we done? We've been shopping. Tried shoes on. Had salad. Had salad. Great. We've played games. We've made... What were those things you made? Bon me. Bon me. Yes. Who doesn't love a Vietnamese bap? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've discovered I do. Yes. Um, And on top of all of that... All of it. Don't know how we fitted it in. We also watched a Doctor Who together I for the know. first time in like forever yeah, it was kind of weird it was freak what did we watch we watched the hand of fear yes we yeah. did scary hands so it's time for a little bit of a clip from that their story before we launch into the usual nonsense <laughs> about the two story we've been watching here it is doctor please miss smith hold your nose and open your mouth what? The blast. It could perforate your eardrums. Any second now. Hey, shouldn't something have happened by now? Yes. They fired the missiles? What happened? Yeah, what happened? We saw them fired. They've been neutralised in some way. How? Professor Watson, any being that can exist, let alone thrive, inside a nuclear pile is hardly likely to be deterred by a few primitive missiles. But they're the most powerful missiles we have. On your standards, perhaps. I think we should try much older weapons. Like? Speech. Diplomacy. What? Conversation. So, the first thing I need to know is what is your relationship with the Hand of Fear? Um, my relationship with the Hand of Fear, I feel like I say this a lot of the time, is I'm sure I watched it the first time at a convention. Is that not true? Well, I definitely watched it at a convention, so it could have been the same one. I watched it at Exospace, and it was a Super Channel recording. I remember it said Super Channel on the edge of it. So was that Exospace too? I think it could have been. Okay, so maybe we watched it together maybe. the first time. Yeah. yeah. We were at the left-hand side of the room, left I really back. don't remember that, but it was yeah. it, that would have been 91. Yeah. I, I remember seeing the hand moving in a repeat, mm. or at least the first time when I was really I'm young. I'm sure you watched it before me. Oh, okay, so you had seen it. Oh, oh but only like bits. Yeah. To do with like remembering that Sarah left. Uh, yes. When I was a kid. I remember knowing that I should revere the episode or the story. I knew that it was big. I would have communicated that fully, wouldn't I? Not just her leaving, but just that it was good and she leaves. Okay. Yes. And I think I'd seen it at a Doctor Who meeting. You know those um, meetings? Oh, with I think your men. Yes. What were they called? The Devon Seaside Devils. Love them. Yeah. And I think we watched that one. And I remember thinking, this is very good. It's as good as I thought it would be. Mm. Yes. Nice. It's what you want from a Doctor Who you've not seen for a long time. It is. So, in time-honoured fashion... Yeah. It's time for a good old oldie synopsis care of our 
our TARDIS expert. Let me just get into the into the moment. Let's just draw the feeling. Breathe into it. Okay, I'm here. So, so, we arrive in a quarry with the Doctor and Sarah being shouted at. Why are they shouting? Oh my God, they're about to get blown up. Don't worry, Sarah works out just in time. Run, 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 run! I'm running. Run. Um, and so, a lot of a huge amount of rock gets blown up like it's insane the amount like they should not survive that it's good don't panic the doctor's indestructible she has a nice little nestled area where she's completely it's handy yeah it's, it's always good but pulls her she sees a hand goes up to grab grab it it's not the doctor it's Eldrad you know Eldrad your mate no I don't know Eldrad actually but I'm soon to find out yes. Take it to hospital. It's normal. Like, all of this is kind of rubbing along quite normally. This is what happens in shows. Somebody gets blown up, somebody gets taken to hospital, and you're like, oh, this isn't like a Doctor Who. This is just like real yes. drama life. Um, she goes to a hospital, and um, we meet a lovely chap. What's he called? Give me his name. Um, Carter. Dr. Carter, I think. I feel like that's wrong. I feel like it was Abbott. Was that not no. right? No. Who's Abbott? Who the Don't fuck is Abbott? Okay, a man, a man, a man, um, is a scientist working at the hospital, but not a doctor. I don't actually understand why he's there now, I'm thinking is about it. Is he a pathologist? Oh, yes, that makes more sense. <laughs> anyway, she is a bit... It is Carter, by the way. It's obviously Carter, you fool, it's not Abbott, dumper, dumper, dumper truck. Um, yeah, so... What's wrong with her? She's a little bit knocked out. Um, he thinks I'll do some tests on this this here hand, draws a bit out and puts it in the thingy machine. You know, the machine. The thingy machine. Anyway, um, good old Liz Sladen. She. <laughs> That's how they always used to call it. Sladen! <laughs> when they were playing hockey with her. Sladen! Sladen! Yeah, anyway. And she would ignore them. She, she wakes up and she does this thing where she's not just like, I'm not just going to slowly move my duvet away from me. She whips that thing away from her she's face. She's so ready to whip it's it. It's like, whoosh. She whips that away because she is on a fucking mission. Two faces a theme, by the way, we'll come back to. <laughs> <laughs> so right. There's a lot of duvets happening in many forms. Duvet action. <laughs> this is so true. Anyway, she's not wasting time. She's not like, I'm going to go for a wander in the forest. She's like, I just need to get to a nuclear plant right the fuck now. And I can identify with that. No, I, I, I get it. When you need to get somewhere, you need to get somewhere. Have to go. Yeah. So she's there in seconds. No action in between. I'm there. And she just walks the fuck in. I'm going. I'm walking. Before you know it, R1, R2, all of the insulation levels. All of the R's, in yes, fact. Yes, yes. That is the insulation levels, did you know? Now in this country, you need to have at least an R level 7 in your attic in order for it to be properly insulation. I've got level 8. Is that good? It's really good. Thank you, please. Oh, God. I really haven't. I really haven't. Itch. Um, anyway, she's, got, she's pretty well insulated. But no, she is right next to the reactor this is just like you are going to cook any minute young lady maloo don't worry the hand is in tupperware that's all it needs tupperware is the protection that we all require um but yeah so she, she's not she's not herself 
She'd like to be feeling a bit more chipper. She's feeling a little bit controlled. You know, we've all been there. I've been there. Anyway, um, the doctor tries to save her. He jumps through a chute. He says, just, like, get out of it. Just stop it. Stop stop it now. I'm going <laughs> to... I, I think he just hits her. He said something with a weird chin hit. And he says, sorry, Sarah, as he does it. Yeah. He punches her in the face. <laughs> punches Sliden. Sliden. <laughs> he was asking for it. Anyway, um, don't panic because cut to a man who's got a lovely family. He's called the man. The man. The man who runs the power the station. The man who runs the power station. Love him. That's he's, what he's known I think as. His, There's no other name. His kid, who's just done very well in their exams. Let's call her Jennifer. She's called. He's he's called Professor Watson. She's called Jennifer. Jennifer Watson. Watson yeah. And his wife. Um, Miranda. Lorene. <laughs> Lorene. Lure- sorry. <laughs> Who went on to sing Euphoria? <laughs> yeah, Loreen Watson. She she doesn't like to think deeply about anything. She just she might have been quite young in 1976. That might be a bit wrong. <laughs> Dirty. No, it's Loreen Watson, her grandmother. Oh, grandmother. <laughs> anyway, uh, now it's okay. <laughs> it's dirty as hell. I'm really trying to work out the ages. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, Jennifer must have given birth to Loreen. That's gross. <laughs> Stop it. She lives in Sweden now. She lives just outside Uppsala. The thing you don't know about Jennifer is she always had a thing for people called Anders. It was her thing. What the? Anders? Anders. Okay. Is that <laughs> just stop it. Don't question it. It was her thing, not mine. Anyway. Um, I feel like I should just tell the listeners that occasionally, we're recording this outside, and occasionally a large white object drops from the sky. <laughs> It's one of Alex's three cats. And I'm feeling like very attacked right now. Feeling very attacked right now. You really keep jumping. I feel very attacked. It's not one or two, it's like constant. We've got a pergola above us with fairy lights. Have we? Can we I'm so glad the pergola made it to the pod. This is an amazing pergola. Could we all say it together, listeners? One, two, three. Pergola. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyway, can you just stop making this take so long? For goodness fucking sake. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway. It's you, I think you were fine. You asked me what scene. his name was. <laughs> no, I'm actually taking the piss out myself for making this last Professor so Watson. Professor you were Watson. the one who embroidered his whole story. <laughs> you named his entire family who we don't see. Job, are, there, are there any other supporting characters <laughs> who aren't in it that you'd like job, to name? Job. <laughs> Suppose you'd like to tell us who Driscoll's mother was called. Oh my god, you have no idea about Marianne Driscoll. Marianne Driscoll, her life was fucking severe. Was it? She had a really hard time, which is why her son was always such an angry man. Um, (laughs) Marianne Driscoll came over from Ireland in the potato field. Was she a folk singer? No. No, she wasn't. She was too angry to sing. I don't think she was singing away the pain. Uh, no. Did she have any? Oh, she wouldn't have potatoes. <laughs> no, she didn't. Potatoes. You didn't mention potatoes near Mary Andriscoll. It's asking for trouble. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Potato. <laughs> no, she's fine with the chili con carne. Can you leave her alone, mm, please? Okay. Um, so anyway, aside from Loreen Watson and Mary Driscoll, there was things happening that we needed to understand. Um, can I just say that Eldred appeared? 
no, no, what happened before that? There was, you see, the thing happens is... The plane. Yeah, what happens is sometimes when you think that a nuclear reactor is in danger of exploding, you think, bomb it, bomb it now, <laughs> bomb it immediately, you fucking idiots. It's just what you it's do. It's almost like the Brigadier was there. Right? <laughs> that would be plan, Trap it? one. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, no, just bomb it, because regardless of what happens, it's best That's to bomb things. Um, anyway, um, Eldred's like, thank you very much. I'll have that. I'll eat it. I'll have my tea. <laughs> and I'll wake up a better lady. She does. She wakes up with platform shoes, which is just not what you're expecting after a... Well, maybe that's normal. Especially after Eldred was previously just groaning in a corner. I go... (laughs) 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 You do wail sounds. (laughs) 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 It's quite a transformation. But yeah, anyway, comes back, is quite perky. Chipper, I'd say. I'd say chipper. Yeah, and um, a lady. And I do like the gender diversity in this show. It's more than I've seen before. Do we need to cover it in the synopsis part? Perhaps not. But no, I thought I was doing the whole podcast now. Oh, you weren't even part of it. I, I thought you it's were just take doing a, it's the sound. It's a takeover, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're going to be involved in this. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> anyway, we go to Castria. <laughs> I think I needed to come to New Zealand. Just record your own. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> anyway, Cast- she says some shit. We trust her. We believe her. We she says it sincerely. She says it with All that kind of time. face that you're just like, yeah. do you mean it? And she goes, yeah, I do. And I you do, go, actually. I fucking believe you. Yeah. Anyway, don't do that. She goes to Castria. She takes us all to Castria in a fun game of let's go to Castria in the TARDIS. Yes, they yes. do. They go to Castria <laughs> in the TARDIS. Get there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, in the rocket. In the ro- what rocket? The rocket. There was the rocket. The rocket. The rocket. The rocket. The rocket. <laughs> you fucking idiot. The rocket. Anyway. Was this Mary Andriscoll's anger rocket? <laughs> no. I don't just... It's obvious. <laughs> it's a cat flap. Jesus. <laughs> the cat flap. Stop it. Anyway. Um, it's the TARDIS. That's how we get there. Um, but, you know, when, when you leave a planet 150 million years ago and you come back, mm-hmm. generally... Same buildings. Same. <laughs> same buildings. No crumbling. No crumbling. Nothing's changed. In fact, the same wind. Um, I'm going to have to find an awfully long piece of instrumental <laughs> music that's not thinking from the hand of fear. I think if, just you're, <laughs> if you're a bit upset with the same music going past underneath <laughs> this, there's a good reason for that. And the reason is called Alex. <laughs> if you're upset, just think about how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> it's really hard work. <laughs> I'm tired about myself. It's quite tiring to be me. Anyway. Skip to the end. She gets an arrow to the heart. <laughs> um, That's quite accurate. I know. Um, I'm a little close now to the microphone. I'm, am I close enough? Anyway. Um, arrow to the heart. We need to put you in a regeneration Please. potato. Um, go to level minus 306. Was that comment just to upset Marianne Driscoll? Yeah. <laughs> Driscoll is so fucking sensitive. She needs to grow a pair. Anyway, um, go to level 306. Minus 306. 306? I don't know. At least. Um, And then we can repair you. Um, We repair Eldrad, who becomes a little bit more butch, with daintier feet. Quite odd. Big up top. Very 
petite down below. Um, we find out. Well, you know what they say about crystalline life forms with petite feet, don't you? No. No, I don't. No, okay. <laughs> Love to find out. Anyway, um, we find out he's a bit of a liar, bit of a bit of a porky pie artist. Um, and so we go. Well, best thing is, let's trip you over, and you fall into the crevasse. Yeah. You may not die, but we don't see you anymore. We don't like you. You've just been hanging around like a bad smell. We just want you to leave now. Um, and so we say goodbye to Eldrad. But unfortunately, fortunately, we have to say goodbye to Sarah too. Because, oh no, the Doctor got a call from the Time Lords. you got to come back. Important stuff happening on Gallifrey. Take your pink geranium and leave. Just get out of my time. Yeah, so Sladen. <laughs> Sladen! <laughs> um Yeah, that's what happened. So I apologise for the pain that I inflicted on you there in what was otherwise quite a nice story. And that was the hand of fear. The end. And scene. The beginning. And the beginning of the yes. hand of fear. See. Could you just improve upon that for me, thanks? I can with, with commentary and thoughts and questions. Nice. My first thought is as follows yeah um i don't remember any of the weird start bit with the people shuffling around in duvets these are new orders the module is to be triggered now before control is lost completely total obliteration of the traitor hildred was ordered yes yes computations indicate and at 19 spans, there is still a one in three million chance of particle survival. We have no choice, Sasha. And the spaceship, and all the words that I didn't understand about, about barriers and obliteration and the destroyer levels. of the barriers. That was the important line. But yes. All the other lines were not important, and I felt like there was too much said. There was a lot said that didn't make sense until episode three. Yeah, there was an obliteration module. There's someone called Technic Obar. Yeah, well, he was credited. He was essential. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm trying to work out is, like, did were we supposed to know what happened to the first guy who should have done his job but didn't? It was. It sounded like felt like an unnecessary detail. There was a the lot plot. happening early on. Like, someone either had a heart attack mid-job... Or they were. <laughs> we don't know like, what was going on. Did they, they die of boredom? A, yes, could have been. Or cold, or, because they were wearing duvets. Overheated from overheated. duvets. Yes. It was very really strange that we couldn't see their faces. duvet people. Yes. But so strange, because clearly, underneath their duvets, they did not look like our later Eldrad, because he was fucking massive. Like, but they, maybe he was just a really... Sorry. Maybe he's a really butch Castrian, like he worked out on his crystalline bits. Yeah, but then he didn't... He was just recreated as he was from his genes, from his DNA. And so it wouldn't bring back the muscle. Like, they wouldn't... The the whole scale of them was off. Hmm. I'll tell you what else was off on the scale, which was the worries about a one in three million chance of particle (laughs) survival. But they had a backup plan. Get get a fucking life. (laughs) You do not need to worry. About a one in three million chance. And imagine all the OCD people in the world <gasps> dealing with the one in three million chances that were <laughs> happening in their lives. That is just an unfeasible life 
that is just, <laughs> just a life yeah, that's not scary. worth it. It's but not good. but there's so many backup plans later on. Though. If you find out at the end, like the, their plan was always to kill themselves, because really rather than risk a one in three million. Chance, no, no, no. What? Rather than live under Hell's the around. planet. No. Oh, and live under the planet. They didn't want to live subterranean. So no matter what, they were going to kill themselves because wow. it's better to die than to live in a cave. And I understand it. Living mm. in a cave sounds like no life. Like it's I get fun. that. I like I like a, a strong, clear decision. Like that was a choice. They were like, nah. It's a bit drink the Kool-Aid though, isn't it? It's a bit like, we're all going to die and it's fine. We've agreed. Yeah. There's probably one person saying, nah, I'm all right, thanks. I'd like to stay alive and didn't get a choice. I get it. I hear you. Yeah. Oh, Leela's come to say hello. Oh, she's probably nuzzling me. She likes you. That's why. Because you're not evil to her. So, didn't you find that these middle-aged white men in sleeping bags, because they were middle-aged white men regardless, um, they all sounded like they had gone to their gentleman's club at about... Eight in the morning. Had lots of gin. They'd had kedgeree in the morning, <laughs> and they'd been drinking all fucking day. Yeah. And it was the end of the day, and they're like, "Oh, I need to get a storm with the fucking destroyer of the planet." <laughs> like, it was really up. hard to hear what they were saying. And no reason. fucking clue. They were just out of their fucking. Trees. I was reminded of listening to Daleks. You know, when there's loads of Dalek yes. dialogue and you don't hear it, and you're like, "This is probably important because it's right at the start of the story." I but I'm, I can't be bothered yeah. to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. They were off their trees. They should have tried harder. Cut to a quarry. Famously, a quarry that is actually a quarry, not an alien planet. Oh, I nice. like that. Yes, that's true, actually. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. But can we just talk about Elizabeth Sladen's outfit? Or yeah, can we just not? Yeah, no, it I've is, has to be dressed for success it now, doesn't yeah. it? Fine, fine. Come on, Roxette, do your yes. stuff. I'm gonna get So we've got to start with Sliden. Sliden. So what do we think? I think we all know the sentence of she just doesn't suffer from the curse of dungarees. No. No, no. I'm, we both went out today we for my birthday because I'm a special lady. And I had been warning you before I tried anything on that there's something about dungarees that no matter what will make me look pregnant. It's just, it's a look that's tight at the top, tight at the bottom, and in between, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it was quite funny. It's awful. And you were like, it'll be fine, try them on. And then you saw them, and you knew. <laughs> the curse of the dungarees had struck again. The curse of the dungarees. It's just a very real thing. But Sarah Jane, none of that going on. She is like, I can live and breathe in these dungarees my belly is freaking amazing and we all agree she looked shitting stunning but it was a commercially available item was it yes also nice. appears in the life of birds elizabeth essence and wears it in one uh-huh. story in one of the episodes but the whole, it was it was a it was a put together outfit i mean just the dungarees alone wouldn't have done it yeah the red top yeah the red and white socks the kickers trainers yeah. like the whole thing like they really made i think an we've talked about this place before where they got them was it called bus stop the place where she bought where oh, things were, I, I don't think know, so. but you're probably right. Something like that, a proper brand. I still don't know whether or not 
they were red and pink or pink and white or red and white still can't work that out the contrast is just it's the not clear contrast that makes me think i don't see colors anymore yeah <laughs> yeah it fucked with my brain so much yeah. i stopped thinking about it I yes i was reminded of black pepper's runway from drag race series four. Oh yes you're right with that, the yes, it's red and right. white and then but you're, but like, you're like no it's pink. pink yes it's very like that yeah you're right it's very confusing anyway anyway sorry also, dressed for success. Dressed for success. Can I tell you have? who else was dressed for success? Who? Mary Ann Driscoll's son when he was in that outfit. <laughs> With the legs, the blown up legs. <laughs> Though they look terrible, right? I've never seen radiation suits look less sexy. I've never seen radiation suits <laughs> look in any way sexy. But I love that's a consideration for you. What's that? It's the spa. Oh no, that's very loud. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it is, though. It will end. It's fine. It's fine. Not fine. Not fine. Fine. The same fine doesn't make it fine. Fine. That's going to really interfere with the sound. Okay, good. Does it last for long? About 20 minutes. Really? I don't know. I'm just making up a time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, good. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. We had Castria, no, not Castria. We can't call her Castria. It's fucking Eldred. You can't just make a That's name up from the fucking planet. Love that costume. That's a brilliant. It is a beautiful outfit. I love her back with the bigger yeah. kind of bits, bigger squares, lozengey bits. Yes, the fact that she's wearing the kind of um, the kind of almost hooded. Heels. I, could, I don't know if that's what they are, oh, but, but they're, they're just kind good, of, they? it's all the way built. around. Yes. yes, yes, it's like a, yeah. And a, I just love the wedge. fact that the top of her hat is a gemstone sort mm. of. That's really clever. Works for her, doesn't work as she turns into a bloke. When it then makes her look a bit like it's a Kippur hat for like a Jewish person. Like it looks a bit silly. Okay. Yeah, he, he well, we just don't like him, do we? I mean, it's, it's no. so disappointing when... It's like suddenly, like, there's like two different characters. Like, when she's a woman, she has reason, and you think there's something about this person I can deal with. As soon as she becomes a man, you're like, you're just an angry twat, and I can't reason with you. He's like, where's my tea? Yes. Sort of person. Yeah, it's a real, like, there's no cohesion between the two characters. Yes, cultured, cultured, ethereal Eldrad, and where's my tea, Eldrad? Yes. It's a real shame because there's so much possibility to kind of, because I really enjoy the fact that there was a a female and a male version, Mm. they could have really brought that together in a way that did kind of give the male version a little bit more of of a consideration for genders and was a little bit more interesting. Yes. But we'll come back to that. Will we? Yes. We oh, will. I love that. As soon as we get to something deep. We'll, we'll pick that up later. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the duvets. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was why I, I dropped them for later, because they were so cultured and important. Yes, exactly. Um, we were doing Dress for Success, though, weren't we? I'm still so, there. All right, so Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Miss <laughs> Jackson, if you're nasty. Miss <laughs> Jackson. Um, Did you like her cream dress? Fine. Okay. Not angry. She's got a lovely waistline, but she has that look of people in the seventies who had amazing bodies but didn't know what to do with them. Like, she's the sort of character I can imagine in Terry and June a lot. Yeah, she was so bland. Yeah. 
and she really was so happy to pick up his shit. It was just like he would say anything. And she'd be like, "Okay, sir." Blah 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 blah. Like she, there was, she just didn't care that she really was just his lackey in every fucking way. I know, yeah, sweetie. but no. Any other clothes? Boring. Costumes. Um, um. Oh, man who falls overboard. What's he called? Carter. Yeah. Brilliantly 70s. Yeah. It worked properly. There was a guy in the workroom who was wearing one of those orange... It was an orange tight orange T-shirt with stripes on the... Oh, I missed him. ...on the collar and on the trim of the... Um, I just remember them being around everywhere. Like, you, mm. couldn't, you couldn't walk down the high street with seeing those hideous orange T-shirts. OK. Sort of polo shirt material slightly. Yeah, Not good. OK. Didn't like. Yeah. So, really, I mean, Sarah was the star of the show. There wasn't much else no, to be said. She was dressed for success. Yeah. And, and Eldred. And female well, Eldred. Female Eldred. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Judith Paris, them. as I live and breathe. Yes, exactly. Anyway, we're back in the quarry now. Yeah, aren't we? Yes, we are. I feel so. I just wanted to say something about the camera work in this story. Can I can I say about that? Yes. Thank you. Lenny Main, director. Has some wonderful shots, either from Sarah's point of view when she's being possessed. Or from people's point of view, when Sarah's attacking them, mm. um, lots of nice big hands in their faces. Yes, and fierce. loads of times where he puts the camera on the floor and on the street run and has it. people run over it and run yes. at it. It makes it, it feel much more urgent. Yeah, quite actiony, isn't yes. it? Yeah, you're right. I thought that was really well done. Mm. Very happy with that. Good. One of my most favourite Doctor Who photos of all time is favouritist. Favouritist. It's. It's a weird photo, and it's by the big cooling tower from the nuclear reactor. Mm -hmm. And it's the doctor and Sarah. And Sarah's in her outfit, but she's wearing a yellow Mac on top. So it's obviously a rehearsal shot. Oh. And the hand is on the floor, I think, in front of her. Mm. And it's just, it's obviously a publicity shot for something they never used. But it's just a really weird photo. It's one of my favourite behind the scenes photos. And I think they used it on the front cover of an Envision. But so weird and different. Oh, I'd like to and have I'm seen that. Suddenly reminded of that. I like that. I would like to just point out the fact that I thought that builder dude, the one of the demolition dudes, was actually quite a good actor. He was, wasn't like, he? Like I've he never didn't seen him be. before. I haven't be. seen him after. No. I just no. felt that he no. had a like. No. I loved how plausible he was as a character, and when he's like. Well, I'll let you get on with it then. It was just really lovely. Oh, that is cool. Isn't it weird, though? I remember that on Envision, yes. Because she, because the Doctor's by the TARDIS. It is a definite publicity a shot. On, yeah. She doesn't wear in the show. No, she doesn't. That is really cool. But it's definitely a publicity shot. It's like a, we're going to do this and you need to look like that. Isn't it weird? It's clever. I love it. I love though. it, yeah. I think it's really yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that picture. Please post it. Sure. But yeah, so let's just give Builder Dude a moment. I just feel like... I don't feel like he's died now. No, but he could have... I feel like he could have been a good actor. But I feel like after this, he probably thought, oh, I'll just go back to me nans and I'll just, you know, become a plumber. Like, he just... I don't feel like his potential was met. Right. And he just... I really thought he actually was quite a good actor. I like, I feel like he could have had, a like, a role in... Armageddon mm. Factor <laughs> as a guard. Or Bergerac, so. <laughs> Yes! Very good in Bergerac. Really, he'd You're be right. sort of like criminal of the week. Yeah, really good one, I think. Mm. Anyway, let's just give him that moment. Yeah, well, this is the stratum it came from here. Did you find anything else in the rubble? Well, if there was anything else, it must have been here 150 million years. We often get ammonite shells and things. Any but... plastic? 
plastic? Yes, plastic. You're joking. No, no. Spaceships can be made of plastic, ceramic, metal. The spaceship? All that time ago? Yes. Life forms don't all exist at the same time, you know. So you reckon this fellow copped it in a crash life? Unless, of course, it just came fluttering down by itself. But why? And from where? Yeah. Well, I'll let you get on with it then, eh? Let's see what he's called. I couldn't find he's him. He's called... Oh, Obal, Technic Obal. Peter Roy. Oh, no, that was the person who was in the thingy. Yeah, of course. Robin Harvey. See, he's not there. I think he's Abbott. See, I knew someone's called Abbott. You were like, no one's called Abbott. Bitching bitcheroo. <gasps> Is he in the Avengers? Oh, no, the new Avengers. <laughs> I don't think he's had many roles. He was in drama. He's in Bergerac. <laughs> <laughs> He's a special branch man. <laughs> Educating marmalade. How amazing. I always loved that when, when I first got married, Mary Jane sent a congratulations card to Alex Atkinson. <laughs> it just made me feel like for a while I could have been Marmalade Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> but can you see how brilliant it was that I actually called Bergerac for him in I'm actually life. very happy with Thank that. You. Well done. So he did actually fulfil his potential after all. Do you think... I feel like he could have gone further and wider. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, you should have Well done, Abbott, for making me... Because I believed his whole story. What I want to go on to talk about now... Okay. ...was the fact that the quarry situation mm. and all this conversation with Abbott mm. was about life forms don't all exist at the same time, you know, because mm. he was saying about plastic. Yeah. And Abbott was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But mm. it's like... Life forms don't exist all at the same time. It was that Star Wars idea, because, you know, Star Wars happens in the past, mm. a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I love this idea. I've always loved that, about the fact that that happened That there's developed worlds ago. and non-developed worlds in and a very different, different time stages. Span, yeah. And we just happen to be what well, we feel we're advanced for now, sort of thing, mm. um, in some ways. But I just love the fact that all the Castria stuff was 150 million years ago, that yes. all that happened is this really successful civilization and everything. But, but can you can you be there with me for a moment? I can. And well, on just Castria. on Castria. And I felt that they did no world building. I mean, clearly the point is that the yeah. world died. But like I didn't get any sense of their civilization. I didn't believe no. their world. There was no depth, there was no breadth to it. It really was just one building and a set of tunnels. There was no like, culture. There was nothing there and you just didn't feel like you weren't invested in anything that they might have cared about. There was just I think they if you just built sh- a world. they'd shown like one bridge or set of gardens or a ruin. Yeah, just or a something. bit of life. That's like some art. Yeah. Some sculpture or something that suggested this it's was so bland. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't sweetie. good enough. Yeah. Yeah, the reboss operation I think really built a world in absolute kind of opposite to what we had there like we yeah. really believed in that whole world yeah whereas this one it was just yeah it was just nothing there was you, you knew that it was a device for the plot you didn't care about the people when we realized that they all decided to kill themselves instead of living underground you were like yeah fine i would too because you're all boring bastard like they, they didn't lose any interesting life because no. there was just nothing about them so we weren't invested in terrible thing that Eldred had done. No. Well, like, yeah, I probably would too. 
Especially if they're just old men, duvet people. Yeah, the duvet bit kind of took me. Like there were the people who, like the king, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, didn't look. Well, obviously, he wasn't wearing a duvet when we saw him, and it just like they felt like two different sets of people as well. They were like either we're entirely covered and we look like weird wormy people, or we just let our big stony heads out and we're kind of angry and big and shouty. Like there wasn't like an in between. Like you don't see someone like a bit like showing a bit of cleavage, a little, <laughs> little bit of stone cleavage halfway. <laughs> it's like. All at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See that—that that was the potential in this show. <laughs> well, glad. you could have taken us a long way. You could. Yes. I'd like to give a shout out to Renu Setner, Would you? who played the intern. He's the well. He said intern. I think he was more like a doctor, and I felt this credit as an intern was a bit rude. He's the one who examined Sarah. Did you not? Did. Yeah. Okay. What do I know him from? Well, he is the doctor. Who Musa, who Livia um, employs. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he's. This one re- I've never seen green. He poisoned blood or whatever someone accidentally. Or no, he oh. just doesn't pick up on her poisoning yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's her man, isn't it? Cause uh, she, in I, Claudius. Oh my God, yeah. that's a slug hanging. Oh, that's disgusting. Isn't that gross? Yeah. Anyway. The, the Eldred must live. Special Renu Setner moment yeah. is that he used to live on the same street as Marisa's sister in Wimbledon. Nice. Like, only like 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Yeah, and he was always there saying, oh, I used to be on TV. Bless him. Oh, but he was actually someone thing. important. Because he's been in loads of TV. Yeah, no, I definitely Because he's one of your him. go-to Indian actors. Yeah, it's like fucking Bert Quirk of <laughs> Chinese and him <laughs> for the Indian yeah, dude. that's all they had. Just yeah. Bert and Renu. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Racist. Something I did like in the story was all the shitty cardboard and paper signs in the hospital. Mm-hmm. The ones that point to the pathology lab and the one yeah. about the patient's not being You disturbed. wouldn't invest in a sign. You'd probably need to replace it tomorrow. Just write it on a bit of card. It's fine. What, in a hospital? Yeah. It was Is that what hospitals ironic. were like in the 70s? <laughs> oh, I see. I see you're just saying it's shit designer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Good. Wow. I liked also like her room was right next to returning to the pathology lab. It's like mostly when you're in a hospital... Yeah. You've got to travel miles. Yeah, no, she's like, here it is, right here on the left. It's pathology, follow the signs of pathology. Where's the sign of pathology? Just there. Yeah, the the, the amount of time I've spent walking across hospitals trying to find different departments, it is always the furthest fucking place for me. It's like seven floors away and the furthest part. You're right. Good point. Thank you. Um, Are we on episode two? I am. No. Before we get there, I'd just like to say I'd completely forgotten that Carter was taken over that early and he gets he has that angry line. Did you find anything at the quarry? He's not angry. <laughs> he kind of he keeps dipping in and out of his angry he does, man. Doesn't he? I'd forgotten all about yeah, that. it was quite nicely done. He's just having none again, he's like, Oh no, I'm fine. I'm actually yeah. fine now. Absolutely. But did you? Yeah. Yes, of course. Did you find anything at the quarry? What? Did you find anything at the quarry? No, no, negative evidence. Um, yeah. I also wanted to talk about Elizabeth Sladen's choice. Sladen! <laughs> of when she was taken over by Eldrad, it was kind of like you could have easily played it as Eldrad must live. Or, I don't know, but it was the way she said the lines were like, Eldrad must live. 
and also she kind of had this sort of childlike thing she did or she was kind of sort of like just brusque and sort of da. but there's one point where she before she attacked the guard she just went sort of like questioning she had her hands in her lips yeah I remember she's kind of childlike yes. throughout all of it and she does it in a, a really you have sympathy with her throughout you feel like she's kind of she's got um no, it's not that she's disagreeing with what she's doing. She's not. No. She's not no. querying herself, no. but she just um, there's a kind of gleeful joy in her. It's almost yeah. like a, I am completely sure of what I'm doing, yes. and like I am. Uh, there's it's kind of almost like the joy you would get when you did a good job. It was almost like she was yeah. getting satisfaction from it. Job it satisfaction. Quite, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was appealing. And finally, just the episode ending of that episode with the, the, the hand regenerating yeah, in the box. Good. It's just a classic. Yeah, it is. It's got to be up there with one of the, yeah. the Actually, best. Actually, all the episode endings in this one was yeah. like, they were all like, were like oh, 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 yes. So, crashing on into episode two. Oh, we're allowed there now, are we? Are we? I just wanted to mention that I thought the start of the episode is hilarious. If you watch it thinking, if you know what's going to happen, you know, if I just described it to you and then you watched it happen is you feel like the director's just said, right, right, this scene, everyone should shout and run around, and you quickly type a report up. There's a guy who's typing a report up, and he quickly pulls it out of the machine and runs out the door, turns to look at everyone and says, I've got a report in my hand. It's a report. <laughs> and there's other people running through a corridor really quickly, and then they run back a little bit. Yeah. It's mayhem, but it's so direct really mayhem, but it's really shit. You can imagine Babs being there, can't you? <laughs> Babs breathes. Babs, who did the makeup from Glendale Chorus. Was that Babs, please? Yes. <laughs> she would have been there. We'd have been pancaked to hell in that place. Oh, no. Yeah. So I thought the extras acting wasn't brilliant there. I was really annoyed by him. I just that he was a real. What? Jennifer's dad and Lorraine's husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because I felt like he was just. Like, his role in that situation, like, he was the fucking boss. He's running that whole place. I know that. And instead of... But you, basically, your only job when things are going to shit is to calm people down and take control. And instead, he is freaking out more than oh, anyone just and just shouts. shouting at people. It's just like, fucking how up. fucking dare you? It's just like, your job is to be the calm one. He's just like, why don't you turn the fucking noise off? And you're like, oh, my God. That was just, it just to me, it was just so unacceptable. But again, it was like a 70s. That's how you can behave. Yeah. If you're a man, you can just yeah. be angry and shout at people. I want me I'm dinner. in charge. Yes. It really infuriated me that that was his response. It just, it seemed plausible, but fucking annoying. You mentioned about Babs Breeze, our former director from the 80s. Yeah. When we did that Coral Society. Yes. And her doing makeup as well. Yes. Well. Who did the makeup on this episode of Doctor Who, on this story? It was your friend of mine. Judy Neem. Judy Neem. Yes. Yes. Judith Neem. Judith. Who met Christopher Neem on Colditz. They weren't both called Neem at the time. She married that him. That would have been a Rita. real coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she was the main makeup person on Colditz Series 1. can't imagine there's a lot of Colditz makeup, was there? Because they were just like men. Bruises. Bruises. She was great at a bruise. And lots of pallid. Yes. I haven't eaten for weeks. Look, good, yeah, very good. But uh, anyway, what we what Judy Neem did, Jude's Neems, Jude's Neems, yeah, is she went out with Tom Baker. Rude. They, they were together. When? Well, I want dates. This, I want places. <laughs> I want a diary entry. This is my question, because 
I just wonder whether she was already straying from Chrissy Boy Neems as early as marrying him like a, a, a few years earlier. Fuck off. You're dirty. <laughs> Why, are Why do you ha- do you have any knowledge as to whether or not anything? Like it could have been beforehand, couldn't it? Like, it could, but I don't think he he wasn't really in TV until like the seventy four seventy five. No, he probably wasn't. And Maybe she, she was, was visiting at the building site. You never know. I know they met on TV while she was making him up, and I think it was on hand of fear. And I'm telling you that now. <laughs> wow. But what I'm confused about that then is, well, I don't know whether she did any Secret Army duty name. She must have done. She must have done series. So did one. they definitely split up? Oh yeah, they're they're divorced. But I just wonder whether Tom Baker was part of the problem. Part of the problem. I don't think you should be. I don't think you should be raising this on the podcast. Anyway, the la- the final part of the Judy Neem story. Yeah, yeah, could, could be there, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that she, I employed her to do all the makeup on the Secret Army studio. Who? I love when one of your stories ends with "and I employed her." I know. I like that. So good. Implied by the BBC for Land of Fear, also implied by me. Yes. For a DVD day. Nice. Yes. Did she do a good job? She was she good at the bruises? No, she did really well, but the, but the fucking lighting done by DD Video was so shit that everyone's in the dark and they look terrible. It was pointless paying for makeup. Really? Really angry. Never got over it. DD were quite Ever. childish and young. Oh, they were just pathetic. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. I've got three words to say to you. No, five. Kiss the children for me. <laughs> yes, that was quite. I liked that they got into a whole. Well, the backstory with Lorene and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope that Jennifer did well in her exams. It matters to me. And Lorene, I don't know if she really cared. She was actually having an affair with a tennis coach, but still, <laughs> she still loves her husband. We'll pick that up in a later episode of Bergeron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like that. It did, it did really demonstrate the enormity. It kind of brought you to like a. A, a Ch- Chernobyl kind of a feel yes. to it. It was kind of like this Quite could be the end of everything. Everything. And that must have been. Oh no, that was like before Chernobyl, wasn't it? Yeah, it was even before Sellafield and stuff. Fucking hell. I know. Yes. Um, one thing I got confused about was when Sarah drops the ring because the Doctor hits her in the face. And Driscoll picks it up. And is immediately affected by it. Then he goes out, and then he has lots of conversations with the doctor and everyone else. And then he goes back to the room because he says, "Oh, I'll go and look for, look for it in the radiation room." Having already found it, mm. and he goes around the, uh, the radiation filled room again in mm. his suit, mm. and he picks up and holds the ring in his hand again. It's like, "Well, we already know you've got it." That was such an unnecessary scene. It was so weird. I guess it was a reminder to us all. A reminder of something that happened three Five minutes, minutes earlier. <laughs> Is that sort of scene yes. where you think, yeah, Doctor Who could have been faster then? Yeah, there was that, that whole thing wasn't necessary, right. Yeah. But I guess it just wanted to kind of really hit the point home that he was not trustable in this situation. Mm. Um, I wanted to just talk about the fact that, you know how in The Planet of Evil, there was a real lack of procedure and risk assessments that were needed? Oh, my God. Yeah. We're about that. <laughs> you see the. Thing? I might edit this bit. <laughs> Risk assessments are important. 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 <laughs> important for all of us. They're particularly important to talk about in detail on a podcast. Could we talk about risk assessments for a tiny bit longer, please? Thanks. <sighs> but no, 
if you are going to fix a problem where you've had like a massive threat to your nuclear reactor, I believe that the person in charge would discuss with you where are we going to put the thing that is the threat? Should we just put it in a cupboard somewhere or should we discuss this? Should we all decide the thing that is absorbing all of the nuclear radiation? Should we decide where that goes or shall a person who has no qualifications whatsoever and just wears a fucking suit and just does what they're told says, oh, I fucking put it in that cupboard there. Don't know why. I just always Odd, do. Anything that I find, I stick in that cupboard. That's my cupboard, my go-to cupboard. Like, it just, it was ages later. It's like, oh, where'd you put it? Oh, you know, oh, he must have just put it there. Like, bizarre, there was not a process. <laughs> this thing that sucks all of the fucking Not, on, not on my watch, says I. <laughs> you just be like, oh yeah, I'll put that elsewhere. That, that would be my plan. I'll put that away from all the nuclear power. That would be a thing. I wouldn't let the guy who has no fucking idea choose. That's just not, it's not on the plan, it's not on the procedure. Maybe it's just a courtesy to Mary Driscoll because it was her son. <laughs> Maybe they were fearful of the potato-based rage. <laughs> What potato-based rage? I'd like to hear more about it. If <laughs> you said potato, Mary Andrisco would be furious with you. <laughs> yeah? You the potato famine. <laughs> I get the potato famine bit. I wasn't mentioning potatoes. I mentioning potatoes. <laughs> Confuser. <laughs> anyway. I like the bit where Sarah said, Oh no, that's not fair when the doctor put her in. He knew he was about to put her into a trance and she was not happy about it. Yes, she kind of was like, I'm oh, always doing this. Yeah. Kind of like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it was quite cute. It was like a real wow. sweet together moment. Sarah. Hmm? What? Sit down. What? Now listen. I want you to concentrate. Oh, no, that's not fair, not again. Now, Sarah, Eldred. Tell me about Eldred. And I liked when she was being Eldred again. I thought, oh, it's good, we're going to get more of that. Because she's like, we have seen the light of Castria. Yes. I like the way she said that. Yeah. I think she makes some good choices, does old Slayton. She's a good actress. That's she what is. we'll all happily say about her. Always. Bloody good actress. But there's no time for that. We're going to evacuate the whole nuclear reactor yet again. It's going to explode. It's all going to explode. Explode up. So, we're in episode three. Are we? We are. I know. Um, and this is the bit that, I'd again, oh no, we had um, Thingy dying, don't we? Chappy. Chappy. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realise he died. It wasn't even an episode ending. No. It just happened without drama. It's like, we can't afford him for another episode. Let's just kill him on the way. Yeah. He is Rex Robinson, who is also in, I think it's Monster of Paladin. Quite a big part. He's one of the miners. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes, just saying. I'll give you. But, yeah, kind of wasted. And I was quite sad, because I think he, he was quite a nice character. He was quite charismatic. Yeah. He, he cared about people. Yes, he kept talking to Sarah yeah. like he actually had yeah. some kind of care and yeah. consideration for her life. I know that. Yeah, it was odd. Yeah. It was quite undoctor Who-y, I'd say. Didn't feel yeah. right. And the other thing I forgot was about the moaning monster. It was just so weird that the monster... It was, was like whale sound, wasn't it? Yeah, it was coming really from the strange. reactor. Yeah. It's like, well, why is it making that sound? Yeah. And also, big question for you. Was it making that sound because it had a mouth at that point? I don't know. 
I don't know at Cause all. Did it have Sarah's mouth by that point? Well, not Sarah's mouth, but the mouth of... It might have just been, like, taking form slowly. It could have just been, like, a big gooey thing. With a, with a mouth. With a mouth. Yeah, it could have been, like, <laughs> primordial mouth. Okay. Yeah. That's why the moaning was so weird. Yeah. Good. But as you said in the synopsis, the weirdness of, of deciding, we're going to make this situation better by firing missiles at a nuclear power station. Mm-hmm. And also, like, imagine the protocol of getting through it. So, okay, I know it's a nuclear reactor, but trust me, Prime Minister, all we need to do is blow the fucker up. It'll be absolutely fine. Can I have your very best planes, please? Within about three minutes of the decision. The red tape, then, was just not fucking thick enough. But if it had been a John Pertwee story, it would have been more realistic because it would probably been about seven episodes to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Minister, we need to talk. <laughs> exactly. It would have gone on and yeah, on. Yeah, it's true. We've got to be grateful for something. So Keith Gold would have driven there. Yeah, and I know. Got kidnapped on the up. way. Yeah. And then it would just not happen, ever. It's so very true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I did like the fact that the Doctor's talking about not using physical weapons. He said the old weapons of communication and speech and diplomacy... Yes. That's yes. my doctor. Yes, I agree. Yes. But also, he was pretty much on board until that moment. Like, like when there had been like, yeah, let's just fight the thing that absorbs nuclear energy with some fucking big explosions. Like, surely the thing that loves a bit of nuclear energy is going to be pretty happy with a big explosion. Yeah, but that's because you're logical. Yeah, but I've heard the Doctor is a little bit logical. Oh, I see. Every now and again. Okay. When Eldrad arrives on the scene mm-hmm. and she looks herself in the mirror, because there's kind of a mirrored element mm-hmm. of that room, and she's really surprised to see herself, I thought that's such a good scene. Yes. Because you wouldn't ever conceive of that scene usually, and that's why Doctor Who's superior to lots of the programme. Yeah. If that had been a regular science fiction programme, it would just be, oh, this is a monster. Yeah. And they're not going to be surprised it to see themselves. It would have been a formless thing without yeah. any kind of a... Or just with a claw. Yeah. yeah. And a fairy bit or whatever. <laughs> that yeah. sounds describing Morbius suddenly. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the point is that to have the, the, the regeneration of that character mm. and for them not to recognise themselves because they based it on the first thing that they touched. Yes. What a brilliant idea. That was really cool. And the fact that she's based on Sarah. And that reveal doesn't come till like the fourth episode. I know as we well. don't find out why. Nice. That's so nice. But yeah, no, I I really do love the fact that it yeah the 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 reveal of her being like a female was just it it wasn't you didn't know we weren't expecting it and I mean like you'd had a female voice in Sarah's head every now and again but it was still not expected it was yeah it was mm. really it was a moment and it was yeah it was something that you'd be proud to be a Doctor Who fan for. Indeed. Um, so, my favourite scene in probably the whole thing, other than the leaving scene, is when Sarah te- refuses to listen about going back in to see so Eldrad. And there's that scene about them both worrying about each other. It's so, so gorgeous, isn't it? Where she like uh, makes it look like she's been deterred from going to join him, and then she's like, okay, and then ducks in, and yeah. and then. And then they kind of have a bit of banter and like, we'll be, both be careful then, okay. And it's just, yeah, it's just fucking gorgeous. It, it really is. is. Yeah, I think we'll have to just, play that scene in now. I think we ought. I think you'd better do as he says this time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I should. 
worry about you. Look, anyway, who found that thing? You did. Right. So, I'm involved. It could have been me, not Driscoll. And besides, I'm from Earth and you're not. That's true. Exactly. Yes, but... Ah, oh, but what? I worry about you. So, be careful. We'll both be careful. Something else I really liked that Liz Layden did was when they first meet Eldrad. She's really deliberately jumpy and she's really reacting to, to Eldrad like it's fearful. And because she's really scared of Eldrad, it really communicates that to us. Yes, and she does that thing that your Marnie does, which is going, hi. And she just, yeah. sort of like, she just says hi to yeah. Eldrad because she's yes, really scared. really nervous and just doesn't, wants yeah. to like pacify yeah. whatever's in front of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that true. good, that was. I like that we had Eldrad explain what happened at this stage. Like, we get the explaining what happened in the lie. Yeah, it was a big lie. Massive lie. Yeah, like a really involved lie. Someone I could mention who I'm not going to mention, but like massive big lies. Yeah, really kind of specific lies. It doesn't care about their lies. It's like huge Just like made up an entire race that was fighting with them. And I also believe, like this other person I'm not going to mention, that they would believe their lives f- lies fully yeah. over time. You have to. <laughs> the skill of the narcissist. Um, yeah, but no, it was. I, I like that we we were expected to invest time in understanding what Eldrad's motivation was, and you were kind of on board with it. You were like, yeah, these people were bastards. Like, they should have been appreciative, and they should have actually um, listened because those other people from the other planet, they were nasty pasties, and we really should have nasty pasties. Really got this idea of nasty pasties with really <laughs> nasty laser guns and yeah. big bubbly pasties. eyes. Yes. Yeah, they're awful. Um, so yeah, they I, when you I, shot shot them, a bit of Cornish pasty would fall out. <laughs> Flaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what happened. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, that's it. But I just loved all that description about building machines to replenish the the ground and the world and. She created that crystalline form as well. That's what's confusing. Yes. So what were they before that? Not exactly. Sure. Were they blobby, blobby monsters? Yeah, with just a big primordial mouth. And then this big lie was that they were invaded by aliens who were also silicon life forms. Yes. How unlikely is that? Says the doctor. Later on, yes. yes. But it's so clever. Yeah, that the, it is. Yeah. It's, it's the thing is, generally, as I have been told many times, is when when people make big lies people are predisposed to believe them because no one ever thinks that other people lie to that degree so every time that Derek used to make huge lies up about me people were like well there's no there's no flame there's no fire without um, smoke smoke without fire and whatever and it was just like no no he just made that whole fucking thing up like it was (laughs) just an absolute figment of his imagination but people believe that, yeah. that people don't imagine that people make that shit up and it's yeah. just people do yeah. and, and totally. Castria Castria I still think of her as Castria because she's got a pretty face yeah <laughs> Eldred yeah. she just is really good at just making up a story because it makes her come off better in yeah. that situation the other thing I wanted to mention is this I've got a confusion around this question for you mm. so Eldred has heard of the Time Lords mm. Does that mean the Time Lords have been around for 150 million years? Fully. Okay. And then they seem she seems to know their laws about helping the indigenous population, which is very specific. No, that's the other question I had. Because they're non-interference. They're not. And suddenly there's this clause. There's this clause 
about you can help indigenous people. Yeah. I think that's why they didn't pick up any previous or later stories, <laughs> because it just doesn't work. No. The whole thing about the Time Lords is that they do not get involved. You can just kill yourselves. Extinction is something they're quite happy to observe. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting, and I was mm. thinking, but if they have been around for 150 million years, and they can time travel, when is their present? That's something you can't get into with time laws. Okay. Their present and their past is just insane. Okay. Because timey-wimey is not a thing that you can get involved in. We shouldn't. No, We shouldn't hit that hornet's nest no, or even never. look at it. No. Um, Sorry, can we just go back to Dress for Success for a second? Mrs. Jackson's got some saggy small boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten to mention Oh, it. we're talking about... Um, things you 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 were quite pleased about this laden's bottom weren't you i just felt it was an accurate representation of a bottom yes. <laughs> it wasn't an accurate representation of a bottom it was just a bottom yes but like i just don't feel like bottoms of a normal shape are allowed anymore you have to have an extremely pert bottom to be on tv now it is like it has to have real roundness so there is no normal bottoms but so like i just don't think i've seen a show for ages that has a normal shaped bottom <laughs> okay. they're, they're hugely like over the top you're listening to bottoms and boobs <laughs> with alex i'm not having a go at the boobs i'm just again i liked i liked the fact that they were like generally if you see a saggy boob it's because they've been under a lot of strain they're big oh, I see. they've been really kind see, of resisting so you're saying you don't see either of these things no. on tv but her small saggy boobs were just like unusual they were like she was a young woman really yeah. i bet that mrs jackson was probably about like 23 or something insane but um yeah her boobs yeah were that of a much older and much harder lived <laughs> lady <laughs> rude um okay do you think that watson would have kept his job Yes, because people like that always get away with it, I think. You see, in my experience, if you're like, if you're an exec mm -hmm. and you really royally fuck up your job like that, like, you have to, either you have to find a scapegoat or you have to resign. Like, you, even if, like, it was completely separate, it wasn't your fault, like, they demand some kind of a someone has to be responsible someone will there be an investigation roll. into the missiles being fired because that would be inexpensive as well but then there was no explanation for that he wouldn't be able to explain away like as soon as that whole thing blowed over blowed over when it blowed, blowed over, over <laughs> um he he to me like i'm just as i'm i'm just thinking of all the bosses that i've seen he would have just been having a nervous breakdown in the corner. It'd be like, that's it. Like, my kids have to leave private school. My, like, oh, no, my so life is Oh, it doesn't end over. well for Jennifer. Nah, Jennifer's fucked. Well, Lorraine's like, already, ha she's already buffing the tennis coach, isn't Yeah, but she? that's only a, a sustainable lifestyle when your husband's earning a shitload of money. Like, the <laughs> tennis coach is long gone when that's fucking gone. Yeah, no, he, he wants to get paid. So, yeah, no, it's... It just... It shocked me that there was a kind of that momentary respite, I guess, when afterwards he was all like, la la la, having fun with Mrs. Jackson and just chatting on in a kind of relieved way. Do you think like, that was a really extremely long follow-up to his story? I thought like the Doctor and Sarah, because Sarah has to say, oh, bye, we've got to go, we've got to go quickly. Mm. And they say, oh, goodbye or something. And um, he's still recovering. She's just checking he's not dead. And then we get this really lengthy scene with, with Watson and Jackson. Mm. 
that it's we like, don't really we care don't about. really need yeah it's just like okay bye bye let's just see where the doctor is going thanks yeah 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 also i wanted to mention i think this is why they bring the time lords in and that stuff is and the rule about the indigenous population is because she is trying to get a lift Aldrad is trying to get a lift back in time isn't she originally mm-hmm. 250 million years yeah. ago and I love that that's that's why they included the bit about the time was to prove that you know she knows he can travel so they can go back in time so is she trying to go back in time before she destroyed the barriers no she just wants to go back before to the point. she was a Obliterated. To stop the obliteration. Always best to not be obliterated. But is she going to stop herself? Is she actually going to stop the obliteration of herself or just turn up after the obliteration? No, stop the obliteration of herself. Right. Will never have happened. But won't there be two Eldrans then? Yeah. That's that's worse. Linovich limitation effect means nothing to her. Okay. So these are all things I hadn't really considered before. No, you're right. And I think they're important considerations. But I have a feeling that Eldred hadn't really thought it through either. Mm. I think Eldred was just like, I just don't want it to have happened. She's Let's a bit crazy, just stop it. isn't she? Like, just fanatical. Yeah. Um, we also introduced to an important concept here, which is the state Temple of Grace. Temple Grace. Yes, yes, I thought we were there. Yeah, we oh. are. And was this the beginning and end of Temple Grace or not? Well, there's certainly that scene, isn't there, in Earthshock where one of the Cybermen fires a gun in the TARDIS console room. Yeah, I, I feel think. like I was trying to work out, uh, my question was how many people have died in the TARDIS, and I feel like there must have been a couple of people who have been shot here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. But I haven't got the evidence to back that But I that do up. like the idea of the state it's of Temple It's a nice one. It's a really nice one that m- it emboldens Sliden <laughs> to um, ask questions of Eldred without fear, which I thought she was quite really nice. Does. Yeah, well, right in that now. Bitches, <laughs> gloves are off. Yeah. yeah. She can't hurt us. No. Right, there's a question I can ask you now. Why are you helping her? Well, in a sense, I think you could say I'm helping Earth, Sarah. After all, I can't allow Eldred to go on smashing nuclear power stations. Who knows how big she might become or what damage she might do? Anyway. I want to see Castia. Why? Oh, what on earth for? Well, travel broadens the mind. I did quite like um, the idea that Sarah Jane was completely, like, not dealing with it when the, doc- the, when the TARDIS was shaking. Like, there was that moment when the, the TARDIS was really shaking and she was just walking across the, the screen with, a, like, a milkshake in her hand. She was like, that doesn't fucking affect me. She's <laughs> it was a, just a seasoned, really... seasoned traveller at this point. <laughs> it was bizarre. Like, everyone else was shaking. Oh, really? That's not fine. That, really? <laughs> it was quite cute. I have a question for you. Hello. Is this the story with the longest time frame ever in Doctor Who. Uh, so what is... Because it starts... 150 million. 150 million years ago. So is City of Death like 4 million? Is that all? Yeah. Uh, pretty big. It's got to be the longest time spent between between a start and an end. Oh, well, like um, New Doctor Who, there's the... Oh, well, the yeah, but New Doctor Who doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, because even like... On another basis, would they be able to turn the lights on 150 million years later? Very good call. <laughs> You'd have some kind of missing link. You'd have some rats that are just corrosion something. I think yeah. all of those consoles would have just been dust. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have had that geodesic dome. No. 
but just survived like an like insane a, amount of time. All those winds, no infect, all those no winds. Yeah. Without, given that Eldred had destroyed the barriers. It's dirty. All <laughs> that wind crashing around. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I think you're right. It I just, don't buy it. It was completely implausible. The 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 time that elapsed and that world being not any different was just really sad. Like they just did nothing to make that a, a real. Apart story. from one of the duvet people, was it Zazka, being being just crumbled, didn't he? But his duvet didn't. Yeah, exactly, his duvet survived 150 <laughs> million years. Like that is a duvet I would buy. Share cockroaches and duvets. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, was that alpaca? I'm, I'm keen. It might, it might be like a temper one, but yeah, no, that that was pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, no, that was just wrong, wasn't yeah. it? It was so wrong. Something else that I thought was wrong, but you might disagree because you said you liked all of the episode endings. Mm. It's the one where the javelin in arrow oh, thing in the stomach. It. Do you like that? Yeah, I did. Because I was not expecting it. I was like, oh, shit. I was a little bit daydreaming. Yeah. And then suddenly, what the fuck? So this is because of the one in three million chance that they decided to leave loads of booby traps as well. Really, like, bizarre, though. Like, what are the chances that the person who comes back is Eldra? Do you have, like, a little javelin thing for every fucker that opens the lift no, chest? No, just her, because it was, it was even cleverer, because it was a sweet, delicious revenge, wasn't it? Because it was her... Her um, debris. It was her acid. Oh yeah, she made the thing. Yeah. But like, do they have like, do they have a lot of those javelins that pierce a lot of other people in the heart? And they're like, it's fine. I'm not affected by that stuff. Like, was there a lot of them? Yeah, because if that had hit Sarah in the chest, she'd be like, fine. But it's still acid. It's fine acid. It's and like that, citric acid. Loved it. And that leads me onto the question of when Sarah gets attacked by that light. And she goes, ah! That was quite cute. And then, and then they like just ignore her. Yeah, I know. I really She's just being it. dramatic. Yeah. It's like, obviously, it was something. Yes, but I think from what they were saying is, I, I felt like it was supposed to be a gas, but because the the kind of cinematic effects weren't that good, they just did it as a light. And so I think if a, if a gas comes at you, you would react. Okay. And even if it actually wasn't doing anything, but if a light comes out, even you don't feel anything, you just be like, I'm fine. So I think had they had the right effect, it would have been an okay piece of dialogue. I've written down in my notes here, this titting about on Castria reminds me of Pyramids of Mars Part 4. Yeah, it's quite a bit like that. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know how much I love pyramids, and I do like this story a lot, but it's just like going through a series of rooms. Mm. It is. And the thing that got me is that I think we're supposed to believe that the only Castrian with half a brain cell is Eldrad. The rest of them were just these bumbling fuckers who had well, no Well, maybe they were such dullards. You kind of think, yeah. well, maybe that was okay. I guess okay. they would kill themselves if they didn't have a nice fucking view. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. But it just, it, it seems unlikely you'd only have one intelligent person in an entire race. Like that, mm. usually, like there's there's a sliding scale of intellect, usually. Mm. We're well into episode four now. One thing I wanted to say is the Doctor is naughty. Very naughty at one point. Mm. Because when you see Eldrad's flattened form, mm. and the Doctor says, Sarah, we have been used. Right, because they think that they've destroyed Eldrad. Yes, he, he breaks, it makes a whole, like, plot in his head about what happened and how he was used by We've the We've been used, Kestrians. but then... When Eldred comes through, 
um, the male Eldred, she said, he says, Sarah thought you'd been obliterated. Oh, yes. Oh, he wasn't admitting it for himself. Oh, no. He completely created a whole idea in his head about what happened if he'd been used and yeah, yeah the Castrians had planned yeah. all of this. And yeah. and yeah, and he just yeah, and then he, he just puts got it all it wrong. on Sarah. Yeah, yeah, the that doctor surmises she's been duped by the Castrians. He wouldn't stop until Adred was yeah, it was very strange and yeah, he does yeah, I, Sarah I like thought how this. involved his whole head got in that. It was really strange. But he wouldn't be admitting it, which was naughty. No, but we know that that is. Yeah. He's not as bad as John, but close. So the big reveal that Eldred actually destroyed the barriers was really cool. But she created the barriers, but she also destroyed them. Or they, rather. You see, this is a really good example of pronouns, isn't it? Yes. That it's they. Yeah, I actually wrote they in a way that is difficult for me, because I'm shit at they's. Yeah. But it just felt, it, it felt really very cleverly appropriate. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I also love the fact that they brackets Eldrad mm. wanted to build a new Castria just so they could rampage the galaxy yes they didn't want to have a good life for people it in wasn't Castria. about improving they yeah. wanted to go on the rampage like, and, yeah. and kill people but then so I, I, let's get into the detail of what happened specifically with Eldrad so we know what he said happened but then we find out later that actually Eldrad was just it was a very ambitious and powerful person in mm. Castria like bit of an architect everyone trusted and was like let him guide a lot of what happened um but the king sentenced him to death because of his aspirations um and then because he sentenced him to death just to me that is part of the problem the king did sentence him to death before Eldrad destroyed the protection barriers so, so that was a response to being sentenced to death for having aspirations. Right. So that was the bit that felt wrong. Like the king was just like, right, fuck you, I'm going to kill you because yeah. you want to do shit I don't want you to do. And is the only reason we don't see any of these scenes beforehand or have enough of this ahead of the story because they want to do the reveal of Eldred being a crystalline life form and initially not turning up how they originally were? I don't know. Because I think it's a shame. If it would have had, been more It would have been really good if it started with an alien court scene or something yeah. in a really cultured society, yeah. in a in a with blue skies and everything nice. Yeah. Before. Before the, the barriers were destroyed. Because we only ever see Castria as a fucked up place. Yeah. We don't feel anything's been lost. It would have been really been worthwhile for world building, wouldn't it? Yeah. It and if you'd needed. seen families and children and yes. everything. Little little stony people, little stony boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Now yeah. I'm seeing it. Now I've got a fuller idea yes. of the story. Yes. And sadness. Um, also, yes, do recordings last like that for 150 million years? Yeah. Good. Yeah, silicon-based, sweetie, last forever, fine. But yeah, and I, this is when I just got quite annoyed by the fact that there was so little cohesion between the Eldrads. Like, Eldred female and Eldred male were just so different. There was barely anything that brought them together. They just, they had the same name, and that was about it. Yes. There was nothing that made you think that these are the same person with slightly different hmm. um, approaches. They were just wholly different, and that yeah. was a real shame. It was a bit too disjointed. And when Rokon said, was it Rokon or the Doctor who said, Hail Eldred, King of Nothing? I can't remember who it, it was. was the doctor. Was it? Yeah. But 
that was in response to the fact there was no race banks there because they'd all been they'd all killed themselves. Yeah. But it wasn't clear to me how they knew there was no race banks because there, he kind of walks into this room, this empty room, and you just see it in shadow. But I think that was where they were meant to be, like a bit like Ark in Space. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't that clear. I was like, I felt like we needed to know more. Hadn't? They? But then we hear broken or we hear some. Someone saying about them killing themselves. Yeah, the yeah. fact that we chose that if we were going to have to live underground, we'd prefer to kill ourselves. And I just, yeah, I thought that was quite. <laughs> I, I like someone who's staunch in their beliefs. I like it. A real clarity of thought. But I also think it was clever that Eldred eventually decides, well, I, all right, all of my plans can't build Castria up, which would take a very long time, much easier. I'll just go back to Earth and rule that. Mm. It does make sense. Yeah. I would have gone for that one straight off. Yeah. Exactly, take the middle man. Yeah, let's not stay go back to a, like, a snowy piece of shit for yeah, no good reason. Where I have to build spatial barriers and all that again. I know. Exactly. It's not easy, I've tried. Skip to the end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now then, this may be one of the most terrible deaths in Doctor Who. Yeah. Isn't it? It would just being as, like, the lengths the Castrians went to to get rid of Eldrad and all they needed to do was get a fucking scarf and make him stumble like it was just well, he didn't even stumble he no. steps over it no it was just couldn't you have had him properly dripping it, there must have been enough filming it was a real like cop out of like we just need rid of him now like he just we, he's not useful for the plot we just need him to fall down a crevasse mm. anyhow we can and yeah it just it was really it was cheap what do you feel about them throwing the ring down after him as well yeah so here's the thing you'll need to Take yeah, over again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. You will take me back. Well, the gravity of the law finally caught up with him. Yeah, that's all very well, but that was a bit rash giving him his ring back. Yes. Oh, well, what did you give him back then? My magician's stick. So anyway, we're done with Castria now. Have we? Aldrin's dead. Goodbye. No, he's not dead. They think he's still alive. In which case, don't throw the ring down after him. But anyway, we're in the TARDIS because Sarah's fed up of being shot and being wet and that dams on its screwdriver and everything. She's going to pack her goodies and she's going home. She is. She's going. In the interim, the Doctor decides, finds out he has to go home and then she comes back out and he's like well you do how did you know Sarah mm. goodbye can't take you to Gallifrey she keeps saying Gallifrey as well yes it? And I was, a lot of oh. Gallifrey because yeah. then Drax was in Armageddon in fact remember me to Gallifrey yeah no <laughs> anyway um, there's a nice callback because Sarah does in the end say travel does broaden the mind which she suggested earlier yeah, in the yeah. episode and he, she kind of said it was like a trite saying and she yeah. kind of followed it with a couple of her own hadn't yeah. she yeah, yeah it was quite sweet yeah I think she said a stitch in time saves nine yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. but um, this scene was apparently written by Tom Baker and this lady because what was written for them wasn't good enough um, so they rewrote it completely and oh, worked together on it so it worked but it to me, it feels a little bit misunderstanding -y. Like I, I agree it was well written, but it just felt like it was, as a Doctor Who fan, you want uh, all of those words tied up in bows, like because it's like the most important leaving of a companion ever. Yeah. You don't want there to be any misunderstandings. So the fact that 
he wasn't listening to her when she was saying that she was feeling overlooked mm. and dissatisfied hurts and then the fact that he doesn't really say enough about how much he loves her when he's leave when she leaves and he's never going to see her again like I, I i do agree that they did a lovely job of of saying good words yeah but it just didn't quite give you everything you want as a doctor who fan there's there's unsaid things there that you would love to have just a few extra lovely words because they're too important to us yeah i agree we've landed where south croydon hillview road to be exact that's my home well i'll be off then Yes. Till we meet again, Sarah. <laughs> I do like the fact that it's since um, been revealed that she was left in Aberdeen, not South Croydon. Yes, they did that with that in the when she came back in, in school reunion. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that is quite cool. But the thing you do know, don't you? Don't you know? Don't, 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 don't. Is that she whistles um, the tune Daddy Wouldn't Buy Me a Bow Wow as she's going. And then the credits kick in. Well, what happens? She is bought a bow wow. Uh, she's given K9 the poor isn't that? But isn't that a weird coincidence? It is actually, you're right. It's so weird. Yeah. I always think that's an odd one. Yeah, that can't have been planned for. No. The end. The end. So, how do we feel about this as a story? Um, I like the questions that the Eldred stuff provokes. I like that there are two versions of reality, the one that was in Eldred's head to begin with and then what mm. actually happened. I like that Sarah has depth again, she's taken over and then she has fear and she has just decided to really take control again. I like the doctor being the doctor. Um, so there's positives, but I don't love all of it. I don't feel, um, it's not great for women, this yeah. story, it's not, um, I don't believe in the world that they create it's too one-dimensional yeah so there's yeah there, there's room for improvement but it's very solid yes i think there's a disconnect between the castria stuff and the stuff on earth and although i like the fact that's so wildly different and i like all the power station stuff and i think sliden can you, you say it better than me sliden <laughs> it's given more to do which is good but at the same time, I feel it kind of, it's a bit procedural in parts. Yeah. And there's a few unnecessary bits. And I like it mostly, and I, it's one I've, I've gone back to very happily. Mm. 
and I love the villain. I think the female Eldred is brilliant. Mm. But the fact that it goes to a male Eldred and becomes shouty, and he does just shout. Yeah, and the the crappy dispatch of Eldred in the end after all of that. Yeah. So much like different planets, yeah. Taking over, like there was whole helicopters and like planes oh, to kill it. Just get your scarf out. Just pick them up. Yeah. And also, I think it's, it's quite a confusing story in terms of because there was no world building, we had no idea what the duvet people were up to or no. saying or caring. Or caring. Mm. And and we didn't see any little Castrians. It's only because I've watched this for the podcast that I've this time could tell you for definite from now on what she did. Castria. Yes, but that's our own fault for not listening. Oh. But yeah, we care this time. Yes. We do care this time. And we'll always care about it because it is Sarah Jane's final story. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's good. We like it. It is good. Cards is out of ten. I'm going to have to give it a 7.5 and I know that 0.5 is not allowed but They're that's not. where I'm going. You have to go for one or the other. 7.5 <laughs> In which case? 8.5 <laughs> So I think that rounds us out at an 8. Fine. Good. So it's very late here. This is really stupid late really podcasting. Late. This what late. time is it? It's almost. Oh my god! <laughs> we could have picked Ryan up in ten minutes. I know about, but um, that's just the way we roll. I know we're just rock and roll. I know. So until next time, we're not deciding now what we're watching because it's far too late. I just can't even think straight anymore. Because no, I can't even put the randomizer on my phone. Good. Good. Is that because you're too old? Says the woman whose phone keeps blaring out stuff. Wow. <laughs> Not during the podcast, but wow. earlier. Goodbye. Wow. It sounds like he's almost asleep. Goodbye. We'll see you all shortly. We will. Bye. 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 Slayton. Mr. Salmon, bring me a dream, make him the cutest that I